recordation has begun. The what? The recordation. The recordation. The go away. Shut up. The revolution. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Books and Biscuits. I'm your host, M, and I'm Birdie. What's up with you? Welcome to the podcast of horrors. Welcome to. Okay, we have some news. Don't wait. Not about us. Nothing ever happens. About yeah. Okay. So I have some news. So one thing that's happened recently, kind of not so recently, a little while ago. So Adam Silvera, my favorite, one of my favorites, um, announced that some of his books have been optioned, not optioned, are going to be TV shows and movies. Um, I think so. They both die at the end. Um, which is a beautiful book is currently in production. I think I'm not positive about that. Um, but it's getting a TV show for sure, and then, um, I think, what was it, More Happy Than Not, I think, is getting one, and then I think What If It's Us is getting a TV show as well, which, okay. Also, there's a weird, like, Love, Simon spinoff thing, which, by the way, if you've only seen the movie and haven't read the book, please read the book. I cannot stress that enough. I hate the movie so much. I actually don't hate it. I think it's really good representation, and it's a really good movie that we need, but it's not true to the book, and it's way worse than the book. So, changes a lot of essential points. This is not what that podcast is about, but just saying in the book, all his friends don't abandon them because he didn't tell them, and also, um, Leah isn't in love with them, and also, Leah is fat like she's supposed to be, so... Okay! Anyway, um, so I feel like with these kind of shows, like, it is great that there's gonna be lots of, like, LGBT rep and stuff, but I don't... I just don't want them to exist, because... I just don't, I I just don't like in general when my favorite, like, books and stuff get up, get turned into movies and stuff. Like, one of my all-time favorite books, probably, like, my all-time favorite book, um, A Darker Shade of Magic, um, got turned, is getting turned into a movie, like, for sure, and I don't like it, because, um, I just really, like, I really don't, because... I don't know, I just don't like it when, I think they're gonna suck, I'm sorry, just honestly, like, I think they're gonna make them bad, and I think they're gonna downplay some important elements, and, like, it is good that I think maybe all of them are getting, not A Darker Shade of Magic, but the Adam Silvera ones, I think are getting shows and not movies, so that's a good thing, but I just, I wish they would come up with, like, these kind of movies where, like, I wish they would come up with these kind of movies, um, that aren't based on books, that are just, like, movies, because I think we need that, and I think that's, yeah, let's do that, and then, um, what else am I thinking about with a movie, there's another one, oh yeah, so, um, the Shadow and Bone series slash Six of Crows is getting, like, a mashup series with both of them, which I don't understand how that's gonna work, but, um, I don't know. I just, I'm not a big fan of, like, books to movies in general. Especially books I really love because I feel like they're just gonna, like... Like, I would have loved the movie Love, Simon if I hadn't read Simon Versus first. Um, just because I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm very picky about my book to movie adaptations. Like, I fell in love with The Hunger Games. That was my favorite book series in middle school. And when I saw the movie, I was just picking through all the little details. I was like, um... Um, in the book, she actually has a metal wire, and in the movie, she has rope. So, 
I'm not gonna do that for these things, but like obviously if they like suck and change okay, like huge portions. Okay, yes, that was a lie. I am going to do that, okay? But they're just so good. Oh, also I think the arc of the scythe might be getting a movie or a TV show, which I hate. Stupid. I just feel like some of the stuff, it can only really be captured in book form. And like when they both die at the end, the true emotions can only be captured by like you see how little book there is left, and you're like, oh my god, wait, maybe they're gonna make through it. You're like, wait, 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 and it's just, like, heart-stopping, but in a show, I don't get that because I can't go at my own pace. Like, with reading, I can, like, put it down and walk away and then read faster, but, like, with a show, it's just like, okay. So, I don't know, maybe I'm just weird, but... What was that sound? That was me twirling my Duncan straw. Yeah, like, one of my biggest fears... Is a carry on movie. Ugh! Ugh! That would be so bad. Okay, like, I. On one hand, I want it. But on the other I'm hand, done. part of, like, what makes carry on, like, so. Good? I don't want to say good, but part of it is her writing. That's the part same it, thing. Yeah. That's part for of it me. It's Rainbow's writing. Yeah. It's like, no, God, that's the, the lines are just, Yeah, that's the same thing with me for Darker Shade of Magic. Like, the structure of those books and, like, the way, like, the segments and how there are, like, chapter names and those, like, add to it. And there's, like, there's, like, breaks where it, like, goes away from Kel's perspective and goes, like, into, like, one of the villains or just, like, a general perspective where it's, like, the darkness was slowly spreading or something like that. And so I'm worried about that. I'm also worried that they aren't going to give Rai the bisexuality he deserves. I'm also very, very, very scared that I'm going to have to confront my worst fear, which is the fact that I'm pretty sure his name is actually pronounced Re, and I can't yeah. handle that. Like, my mind can't handle that fact, because, like, in, um, uh, A Court of Thorns and Roses, I know his name is pronounced Resand because it's, like, Reese and then and It's supposed to be Resand, but I can't help but say Rizand. Um... And <laughs> I don't want to confront, I don't want to confront that his name might be pronounced Re, and I, I can't do that. I can't. It's so bad. Okay, well, also, Re is a stupid name. Re! Re, Re! Ring, 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 ring. Wow. That actually reminded me of something, something I was saying earlier about the, like, never mind, I'm not going to say that. No, say it. No, this, it's not about a book. I don't care, say it. Okay, I was just thinking about how, like, in Debs, we need more movies like that, like, how, like, where, like, being gay, the fact that it's, like, a same-sex relationship isn't the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it would work with a straight relationship. We need more books like that. Stop moving your straw. Movies like that. It just reminded me of my favorite part. So there's this movie. It's called Debs, and it's beautiful, and it's so funny. And um, my favorite part is how this like one girl who like doesn't think she's suited to be a spy. She asks the guy. She's like, "Why did I get in? And like, why I'm not perfect? Like, how did I get a perfect score on the exam?" And he's like. You've been lying to yourself your entire life. And I'm like, oh my god. Yes, she has. Damn. So, 
I don't, I'm sorry for saying that, but, yeah. Sorry, sorry for saying damn? No. Sorry for going on that tangent. Oh. I mean, this is our job. Yeah. Not that this is a job. This is a job. We don't have any jobs. We quit our jobs to pursue this podcast. Yeah. Which currently has eight listeners. Maybe. Maybe. If two of them aren't ourselves. Yikes. Okay, do you have... Oh, you wanted to talk about Aragon. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Do you still wish to? I'm itching my scalp. Okay. Don't stop dancing. Sorry. Um. So, another fear with the whole book-to-movie thing is what if the movie's bad yeah like not just like what if the movie is like slightly inaccurate but it's a good movie what if the movie is just straight up so bad so like love simon at least was a good movie despite the few details that were wrong from the book i mean some of them were pretty big details but anyway yeah like it's it's cute it's still, like, a good movie, but some movies, I, ca- I can name a few that were bad. Percy Jackson. Um, I'm just saying if they had made the Percy Jackson movies good and true to the books, those would have made them so much money. I agree. Because they could have made movies of the entire franchise, like Years of Olympus, like King Chronicles, like Magnus Chase, like, all that could have been a movie, but instead they botched those first two. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, Aragon. Yeah, we're going to read some fun reviews of the terrible movie. So, the Aragon movie came out in 2006 and is based on Christopher Poloni's hit. I don't know if hit is the right word. I don't know. Uh, uh, Great. Series fantasy series. Um, what? I'm sorry. Someone in my Facebook group just posted about her. Um, oh, I thought that said eight year old, but twelve to thirteen year old girl reading Throne of Glass. Mm. That gets okay, ma'am. Mm. Sure. Okay. Anyway, mm. continue. So, the books are very. Uh, like well I'd say well done good they have a lot of a lot very strong in the world building which we talked a little bit about last episode but the movie it's really bad y'all like everything about it is bad and like I can't even give it hate for bad CGI because it was 2006 but like Everything is bad. The character design is bad. The acting is bad. The script is bad. It's, it's just a bad it's movie. So, so terrible. It has a seven, a sixteen percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So, uh, 
that's how you know it's bad. Oof. Um, some of the reviews. Wait, let me see if I can actually find any good ones. What a mess of a bad movie. No one should subject themselves to this unorganized mess of writing and terrible effects. I had avoided this one due to the bad things I'd heard of it. Seriously, though, I wish I'd listened to the naysayers. It's not good. Um, if I had the ability to give this film negative stars, I very much would. The director should have been shot and all writers and all the writers imprisoned. I mean, that's a little extreme, but yeah, yeah, like a lot of multiple, many of the comments going back to books are about, um, yeah, this kind of sucks adaptation wise, which it, it, it does, but it's also, it sucks. It's it, like, it is both a bad adaptation and a bad movie. Yeah, those are the worst. It's it's so bad. And not even bad in a fun way. It's yeah, like some of my favorite movies, Zombies, oh. are bad but in a fun way, but it's just like yeah. horrible. Aragon is not that. And that is my fear with books becoming movies. Yep. I think Sometimes they can be good, like the first Hunger Games movie. Or they can be Okay, wait, mediocre. though. Like what? Sorry, continue. Like the first Divergent movie. Divergent also didn't have the best source material, especially further on down the line. Wait, can I say something about, um... Wait, what was it that you said before that I was about to go off on? Oh, Hunger Games! Man! Man! Okay, I remembered something that I got so frustrated about. So Katniss is, like, attendant, like, makeup people, those people, like, Flavius and Octavia. Where were they? Literally, you saw them in, like, two scenes. They were such a big part of all three books. And then they were just, like, gone. Well, clearly they weren't an important enough part. I was mad because Katniss, she saves them in the third book when they are tied up and naked for stealing a slice of bread in District 13. She saves them, and in the movie, that did not happen. Wow. That's one of the things that give you that gives you, like, an insight into, like, oh, District 13 may be, like, bad. That's true. Anyway, anywho... Do we want to start? I, yeah, we should probably start because I have a feeling... Well, it's not a feeling. It's a no. I know. We have a lot. go off about... Chapter 18? The Hunger Games for... Oh, 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 yeah. I can. Literally, come at me, bro. Finnick did not deserve to die. Katniss could have saved him. End. The end. The end. Katniss was just pretending to love Peta throughout the entire games. She did not need to actually fall in love with him. Why did that happen? Yes, she did. No! Yes! Stupid! He brought her joy again. He is her dandelion. 
he saved her life in more than just oh now you're still but he dying. doesn't understand he made her, her live. i don't she was just surviving but Peta made her live okay whatever anyway stay tuned for our special episode when the ballad of songbirds and snakes finally i wonder up. if we're gonna get a, a president snow love interest oh God. We're gonna get some Ew, President Snow sexy times. Ew. Ah! President Snow fucks. President Snow, he's gonna use that snake-like tongue to slither up on ya. He's gonna use a snake in a different area of his body. But we do know who also has a who has a snake. Nagini, the human woman. Voldemort and Nagini definitely had sex. Like, 1,000%. He also milks her. Which has a whole new meaning now that we know that Nagini is a human woman. (laughs) That's something we need in the third Crimes of Grindelwald. A long extended sex scene between Voldemort and Nagini. You do. Also, Voldemort would not be alive. Yeah, you're would right. He? Wait, how is Nagini alive? <gasps> My angel! <laughs> how is Nagini alive? Be kind to her. No, Wait, Tom Riddle gets born, like, soon. It d- clearly, timeline doesn't matter because McGonagall is there. What? It is World War II. Yeah. How old is she? Apparently, it doesn't matter, because JK is insane. Yeah. She's crazy. Anyway, on the note of JK Rowling's insanity and... Let's talk about someone else's insanity. Joe's! Oh, Joe also would love to milk back, so... He's probably got a fetish for that. Please don't. Joe has a fetish for everything. He's got, like, a public sex fetish. I think he maybe has a raping back fetish? Oh, maybe? (laughs) And then he's got, like, he's got some weird stuff going on there. Anyway. He needs to see a sexual therapist. Moving on to our chapters for this. Yeah! Let's start with chapter 16. So, as Joe does... He opens this chapter with some fun narration. Yeah. Uh, you cannot move. I'm so very sorry. And now start over again. Are you done moving? Yes. As he does, Joe opens the chapter with some narration, talking about how Benji <laughs> never learned about the life of the author of his favorite book. The Red Badge of Courage by Stephen Crane, question mark? Yes. Um, and Joe's like, God, he loved the book so much, but he didn't even bother to learn about it. I know. Um, transitioning into Joe telling us that, oh, Benji wasn't lying about the peanut allergy. He's dead now. Yeah, so Benji's now dead. Yep. And Joe Rip. narrates to Beck, and by extension us, about how he has cremated Benji's body uh-huh. and is now taking him to a storage unit that Benji gave him the key to that is conveniently right next to the Ikea that Beck and Joe just went to. He also does a lot of reflecting about, like, life. 
He also ben- takes he Benji's ashes in the Ikea box. He does take Benji's ashes in an Ikea box. I literally, dead ass for like a page and a half, thought he was going to bring the ashes to Ikea. Oh my god. Golden arm decoration. No. We do not bring up golden arm decoration here. <laughs> we do. Okay, can I say stuff now? Yeah, go. Dear Jesus, Joe. Okay, so he talks about how he gave Benji the ultimate privilege because he got to, like, die before he got all old. He was like, oh, Benji, you got to die now. You got to die before you get old. That's so awesome. I did you a favor by murdering you. He basically treats it. He's like, this is such a good thing. Like, I did you a favor. I murdered you. It's great. He's so, like, nonchalant about this. He's like, yeah, I killed him. Yeah, you know, I cremated him. You know, he's dead. I committed murder. But, like, it's cool. You know, like, mm." so strange. And then when they get to the storage locker, he gets out some home soda. And he just, like, cracks one open, cracks open a cold one with the boy. The boy being Benji, who is dead. So he cracks open yeah. home soda with Benji's dead ashes. Fun times. We're going to go out of order because I have a comment on that. Yes. So literally as soon as Benji is dead and no longer a threat to Joe, Joe almost like starts pitying him. Yeah. With the like, I, I spared him years of pain. He was generous toward the end of his time. Like, I care enough to box him up and bring him home. Yeah, he's like, like, oh, poor Benji. Like, Joe, you killed him! He's like, sorry this had to happen to you. Like, I tried to do it in the nicest way possible, you know? Like, at least you don't have to deal with this. And, you know, I just feel so sorry that your life was like this. And then it's like, Joe! Joe, You murdered him! Because you killed him! Uh, Yeah. I don't really have a lot for this you, chapter. Yeah, Joe, you are the one who put him oh, in a cage. I do actually have something. So we were going to talk about, um, well, do you want to talk about, okay, we'll talk about that later. later. Okay. Don't worry, I have it in my notes, it's later. Okay. Um, so, on thing about how dare Benji not worry about the author's life. How dare you. I don't think you have to know about an author's life to love a book. Like, you, the story and the author's life are, like, two different things. Unless you're losing the autobiographical critical lens. And and also, we're going to take it back to Harry Potter world. Unless the author is, like, revealed to be a shitty person... Like J.K. If you if you don't know, J.K. Rowling is openly transphobic and a turf on Twitter. We don't stand turfs in this um, podcast. If you are a turf, please stop listening. Yeah, if yeah, we don't want you. Um, she has some really weird views on like income inequality and stuff, which okay, and that people are stupid if they don't have heating. JK, you literally were poor, too. You yeah, that's know. the weird thing, is she was, like, living on food stamps and was, like, poor, and now she's, yeah, like... And now she's, like, so rich, she has, like, 
six houses and like 12 tree houses. Why don't you donate some of that money to poor people so that they can have heating? This is just evidence that rich people are evil just because they have all this money. Anyway, so JK being a turf definitely and being a lot more open about her really shitty views definitely changes a lot of stuff in Harry Potter. But I don't think, like, you have to know about an author's life. Even like, in that case, like, it's that's still... That's not really her life so It's much as her still, like, you views. have to try and kind of separate the author from the work unless you're trying to look at it that way. Like, that is a form of criticism, is looking at the author's life and, like... Why did they write this? Like, with Jane Austen, something we're currently learning about in my AP Lit class, she felt that you should only get married for love, and she fell in love with a guy, and he didn't marry her, and she thought she was going to, and then later in her life, she got proposed to, and she accepted it, but then she changed her mind, because she was like, sure, he might be rich and stuff, but I don't love him, and he doesn't love me, so I'm not gonna marry him. And that influenced her works because she never got that happy love ending. So she gives all her heroines that happy, like, we're married and everything and I love him thing. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, okay. I really don't have anything else. This was kind of a short chapter. Oh, you don't have anything else for this chapter? Literally, no. Oh my god. Okay, um, I do think it's kind of morbid and twisted how he narrates... The fact that he's, like, transporting Benji's body. Yeah, that's weird. But, like, it feels natural, and it feels, like, right. Yeah, that's the weird thing about this book, is you don't get as creeped out as you should at the murder parts. Just because... Just because Joe's kind of like, mm, he's dead. Uh, It's how it is. And that comes up again in our last chapter. Yeah, that'll come up later. Um, But that's something I really like about this book. Yeah, I like that. So in Joe's, like, head and his inner monologue that this girl's like, yeah. Yeah, Joe, you kill Benji. Wait, what? Put him in a cage. That is, that's what you should do. Like, yes. Yes, queen, we stand. Not really. Please stop. I'm sorry. Um, I have one. Real quick, jump on the, uh, what? Train. Which is where I have just four question marks in a row on my notes. Quote, two days ago, you started stressing about Halloween. You were going to be Princess Leia. Uh-huh. You really are a flirt. Unquote. Joe, what? I don't Unless know what that the, means. Is she being the sexy, the, the sexy, in quotes, the slave version of Leia? I don't know. Like, like, that's not, how is that flirtatious? I don't know. And then she's like, I, and then Joe's like, I can tell we're going to have many fights in the future about Halloween. Like, what? Yeah, like, what? 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 <laughs> I just, Joe? yeah. Joe, are you okay? Are you okay? He's not. He's really not. Okay. Are you ready for chapter 17? Yeah. Okay. So, oh. Joe starts off the chapter by talking about how Beck doesn't know Benji is dead. And how she won't call him back. And he's, like, annoyed because Beck keeps, like, changing her opinions to match what Peach is saying. Um, he gets frustrated because Beck is, like, telling him she's sick and he knows she's not. So, they're supposed to have, um, they're supposed to have a date. 
uh, because Beck and Peach finally have a big fight. Um, so they're about to have a date, and Joe gets her some cupcakes. And then their date gets canceled, because Peach is like, Someone broke into my house! The chaise on my terrace has been moved! Um, and Joe's like, that was me, and I didn't break in! I used a key! And I'm like, Jesus, Joe. And then he was like, I'm more like Santa Claus! Um, so, Satan. Um, and then... He makes some sexual innuendos, um, and I think that's it for this chapter. When doesn't he make sexual innuendos? Literally never! Joe is the horniest person I've ever encountered, (laughs) which we will talk about more. Oh. Oh, yeah. We'll get there. Um, anyway. Oh, boy, will we. So, I think it's interesting that, like, Joe immediately creates a new target. The minute that Beck, the minute that like killing Benji didn't solve the problem. Yeah. Of Beck being like distracted by. Peach. He's immediately like, okay, Peach. Mm, Peach. He's like, Peach oh, is the no, problem. Like before this, he didn't really care about what Peach was doing. Like he was annoyed by her and thought she was awful, but he didn't have any plans to like take care of her or anything. Like take care of meaning the murder way. Um, but now he's all of a sudden kind of like, mm, Peach is everything that's wrong. Peach is horrible for you. Yeah, he never considers that maybe it's Beck. Mm-hmm. And, like, I definitely agree that, like, Peach sucks. Yeah, and he's, but he's all, like, thinking it's, like, Peach's fault that Beck is, like, changing her opinions and, like, spending all this time with her. But it's also Peach's because we can see that Beck is uncomfortable sometimes with, the amount of time that she has to spend with Peach and the amount of care that she has to give to Peach, but like she still does. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, I have a couple quotes. Go ahead. Do you have some quotes? I do. I have some quotes. So Joe is just like talking about his date with Beck, I guess. Or, like, thinking about it. And he goes, I come so effing hard for you, Beck. And then after he gets the cupcake, he goes, I'm a good boy, Beck. And I have ideas about what to do with all this icing. And I think there's the rest of the quote, but I think I forgot to write it down. But, yeah, he's creepy. Yeah, a little bit later, he says that the frosting would taste so Oh, my God, yes, I have that one! Licking it off her tits. Yeah, so... He's like, so this icing is stale, and I want to lick it off your tits back. Uh, apparently, Joe sleeps with typewriters. Oh! Because he puts the typewriter he took to bed back in its place. Joe is so weird! I know, right? Like, he's not even just, like, a kind of, like, quirky dude, like, hipstery, like, he wants people to believe. He's straight up weird. Like, he is insane. Yes, he absolutely 100% is. He's horrifying. I mean, like, for many reasons. That's one of the, well, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, you already kind of touched on it, but... I really like the way that Joe tells us that he was the one that broke it. Oh my god, I know! So, Beck is like, oh my gosh, she's afraid that, like, someone broke in because someone shifted her chaise. It's not chaise. Sorry. Chaze. I said chaise. Oh, it's not her chaise. And Joe is like, 
like out loud he's like oh no that's so sad did they steal anything but like in his head he's like god back it's not as dramatic as you say it is i didn't break in and i didn't move her chaise god like i just i just really like that i know he's like oh come on i use a spare key guys okay like seriously stop being so dramatic it was just god. me okay why are women, uh, so... Why do women always play up home break-ins? Okay, I didn't move her chaise and I used a spare key that I found. I didn't move her chaise. God, women are, uh, so emotional. Women are so stupid and they're so dramatic and I don't know why they won't date me because I'm clearly the best person ever. So, oh, Beck, why won't you date me? I killed Benji for you. Yeah, come on, Beck. I did all these things that you don't know about, and you would probably break up with me if you did, but why don't you love me? <laughs> Beck, how dare you want to spend time with people that aren't me? God, Beck. God, Beck. Yeah. There he be. We don't love. We do not. Oh, is the sound on your computer working? No. Oh. I keep hearing, like, little snippets of my voice coming through there. Weird. No, I'm on my phone. Oh. Um, oh, then that's, that's why I hear I... it. Yeah. That's all I have for 17. Cool. Me as well. So, 18? Oh, my God. 17 are very light. On content, I feel, at least, like, for us. 18 and 19, I legitimately have an entire page on it. On both. Oh, I don't have a lot for 19. Like, one on each. I just have a, some quotes. I, d I also did the series, okay. the summary for it, so. Um, chapter 18 <gasps> is wild. Like, if you thought up until now that Joe was horny... Oh, oh no, this chapter... This oh, is horny Lord. Joe. Yeah, this is horny Joe. He is so horny. The entire time he so he says the word sexless like uh, as an adjective oh, no. before okay, every let single let word. Let me do summary. Okay, do it. Of this insane chapter. So Joe opens the chapter by telling us about how Beck has been taking him on all these quote sexless dates uh -huh. and how she constantly is talking about peach which yeah i get annoying he also complains about how beck's making him her phone a bit oh my god yeah we're all so what that entails is beck calling him at night to just complain about her life instead of like seeing him to do anything she just calls him and complains but then they get to meet up for their first sexy date, Ooh. aka a night date. Hot. So Joe takes Beck to Feeling the hot, hot, hot. in a horse-drawn carriage. Yeah. And then he takes her out for a fancy dinner. Uh-huh. And things are going, like, really well for them. They're having a good time. But then bum 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 Peach calls Beck and Beck is like, oh my god, I have to go to her. Sorry. Yeah. That's it. So! Okay, wait. Okay, are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay, first of all, what is wrong with lunch? Joe hates going to lunch with Beck. Like, they, they're making plans for their, like, next thing, and she's like, oh, I can't do tonight. Can I do lunch again? And he's like, lunch! 
Lunch! Sexless lunch! He literally complained. We are back to Joe complaining about daylight dates again. Dates that sound fun. I know. Okay. So they go for lunch at like what I get. The idea is like a really cute cafe. And they sample artisanal jams. That sounds so fun. Okay. It's so cute. My biggest problem with also, Joe in he this. describes water as supremely sexless. Yeah, I don't Wait, know. Did you know that water is not sexy? Water's you pretty sexy. Water I mean. Mmm, damn. Almost like drinks should not be sexy. Okay, wait. But this chapter, oh my god, Joe frustrates me so much because all he is focusing on is having sex with Beck. He doesn't care. Like, yeah, they're doing all these is. fun relationships things, and he's like, we shouldn't be doing these until after we've had sex. He brings yeah, up I sex like have, have 85 times. He's so horny. He is so the whole horny. first paragraph is like, Beck, I want to, like, screw you so bad. Like, let me get inside you. He's like, we hug like cousins. We're so far apart. Out, Joe. It's so, he's just so creepy, dear Jesus. Okay, real quick, we're gonna jump out of Horny Joe and into Peach World. Yes. Um, so, Beck is all like, she's, Peach is basically an orphan. Because her family all moved to California after graduation. Y'all are big girls now. You have jobs. Yeah. You're in grad school. Yeah, it sucks your family moved to the other side of the country once you graduated school, but you graduated school. You're fine. Yeah, it's so strange. They did not abandon you. Okay, wait. I have something to say that isn't about Horny Joe. Um, He's making fun of people's salads. Like yeah, they're at they're at a deli, and he's like, "Oh, stupid people with their stupid sexless salads! Why are you overthinking it? You don't need chicken breast and all this. Just it's a salad. It's just a salad. It's just a salad. God. <laughs> Joe is so judgy. Um. Also, so Peach and Beck email a lot, and yeah. Peach apparently writes back a lot, suspiciously fast. Yeah. Joe. Joe. You literally calculate exactly when you're going to respond. Yeah! To get the most horny. You have her... You have Beck's old phone. I know! Check her emails and her email drafts! I know, it's horrifying! Joe! Okay, wait. Okay, moving on to a little horny Joe. Oh, yeah, we're back into horny Okay, when they meet... For their date, all he can talk no, no, about I have stuff before that. is how. Oh, okay. I have stuff before that. Okay. You, do you want to go with that? Yeah, we're gonna go back to incel horny Joe. Okay, go back to incel horny Joe. Have sex. Uh, so he says, "I can't kiss you goodbye in the middle of the day." And what if this is your way of putting me in the friend zone? Yeah, Joe. You can kiss her in the middle of the you day. You can kiss her. There is nothing wrong with that. What is your problem? Also. There's going to be a lot of quotes. Yeah, I have many quotes. A lot of quotes. Not fucking you that night I built your bed. Not, at the very least, trying to fuck you. It was clearly a mistake. Joe. Her friend showed up. Yeah, her friend showed up and he's like, oh, still should have tried. <laughs> God, back. Um, what's the only thing more sexless than lunch? Brunch. Excuse you, Joe. Brunch is amazing. 
And I think brunch dates are adorable. Brunch, brunch dates are emotion. They're emotionally sexy. Yeah. And brunch is so like good. if a girl wants to see you in the day and you and have you be a big part of her life, like that's more than having a sexual relationship. Gotcha. Like I feel like Joe doesn't recognize that the fact that Beck has sex with all these other guys like continually and on the first date, it maybe doesn't mean that she is repulsed by him and is putting him in the friend yeah, zone. It means that like. It their means relationship she, is something different. Yeah, it means she actually cares about him, and she wants this to be special. Yeah, she wants this to be something more than just hooking up. Yeah. Okay, can I move on to their date? No, I have one more. Okay, yeah, continue. So, when Joe is complaining about being her phone bitch. Yes, her phone he bitch. He says, quote, I can't smell you over the phone. He's so creepy. Joe, what the hell? He's... Joe, that is so gross. He's so gross. Okay, yeah, I don't even know where to start with okay. their date. So, at like, the very beginning, he's describing all her clothing in such a sexual way. He's like, mmm, your pink skirt with your two big slits. I can almost see your panties. Mmm, I can see your pink bra with your tits that are just ready for me. And then he's like... That's not what he okay, says. Okay, he's so... It's close enough. Her sweater is will be so easy to peel. Oh, off. yeah. Her bra is hot pink, so that he, quote, doesn't forget about her tits. Yeah, what the heck? Okay, wait. Her body is... No! I wanted to say that quote! Isn't it gross? Okay, are you ready for the quote? Yeah. That he says, he's like, your body is an offering, a payment for all those hands-off phone calls, those lunches. Joe, stop objectifying women like that. You're not allowed to slut-shame women for having sex with whoever they want, and then the moment you don't get any sex, you're all like, oh, Peach, or Peach, you're all like, oh, Beck, why aren't you having sex with me? And, oh, Beck, like, you need to have sex with me right now, like, you're an offering, like, yeah, dress all sexy. Yeah, the slut shaming is real in this chapter. Mm -hmm. uh, also, when I hug you, I smell flowers and laundry detergent and pussy juice, and I wonder yes. how hard you had to go at it. You had to go at your pillow. <laughs> what, Joe? You? Uh, that's so gross. If Joe, Joe, if Joe had any um cologne he wanted, it would just be a bottled up spray of pussy juices Ew. from Beck. And he'd just spray it around his room like an air Stop. freshener. Just be like, mm, yeah, Beck. Ew, ew, ew. I got your juices. Ew, ew. I gotta hope mom does not listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also says, I wanted our nocturnal reunion to be as hot uh -huh. as possible. Ew. Yep. Okay. Ew. Do we want to talk about the carriage ride? Yeah, are you? I have a whole paragraph. Getting down and dirty in the carriage. Ready? <laughs> mm. This is bold, Joe, you say, and you move closer to me again. Those slits are bold, I say, and you spread your legs the tiniest bit, and you want my help, and I'm sliding my hand over your thigh, and you're turned on, the trot of the horse, the color of the leaves, me, and you whimper slightly, and I get there. Lace panties, 
dewy with you and you're a pillow soft warm pond just for me and you say my name and I hold my hand there just taking you in and you kiss me on the neck I'm disgusted wait that's a line from um Mm -hmm. um yeah great comment the kiss me on the neck part yeah no not the rest of it okay yeah he's so disgusting he's just like feeling her up and he's like "Mm, yeah beck you're so hot and like yeah you're so whatever he's so gross and then he just holds his hand there also the word dewey yeah i don't like that i don't like that it is not good joe is a creep no please do not ever describe anything also i'm pretty sure that she touches his dick too at some point, she does. Yeah. At some point, that happens. I'm sure it isn't as um, dewy. Everything about this. So do I. Also, I'm pretty sure that Joe, this his public sex kink comes up again. A, in the carriage. B, in the restaurant. He's like, oh yeah, are we about to go have sex right here? Oh yeah. He also says, your magnolia is gonna take me in. Oh. Won't be long now. You're sopping wet, ready. That literally made me shudder in disgust. Yeah, he's so gross. That is horrifying. Okay, can I talk about the difference between shoujo and bookjo? Let's do that after the slut shaming. So, they're being all sexy in the restaurant. Oh, yeah, and then, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then, yeah, so Beth gets a call from Peach, and she goes to leave. And all the guys are staring at her because she's wearing the, like, slit, like, skirt. She's sexy. And then Joe, he's just like, okay, wait, I have a quote, actually. Um, I have two. Are you ready? You need an yeah. escort, Beck, especially if you want to dress like an effing whore. Joe! What? He also describes um, a guy as looking at Beck. Like, he's planning on which part of your little whore body he's gonna fuck first. Stop calling Beck a whore, Joe. You are the one who is treating her like a sex object, and you're, Mm. like, you aren't valuing your emotional connection all you want. You're focusing on her tits and, like, her panties and her everything. You're just, you're the one who's completely objectifying her and being like, "Mm, yeah, Beck, come over here. And, like, the only thing he's focusing on is having sex with her. And then the moment another guy notices how she dressed, he's like, Beck, you're such a whore. Why are you such a whore, Beck? Stop dressing like a whore. Yeah, it's literally, like, the second that they're no longer, like, on their date and Beck is no longer, like, dressed this way, like, for him and focused on him, he's immediately like, Beck, how dare you? Yeah. Fucking whore. How dare you? I know I was just saying that you're hot, but I take that back. Because yeah. Focus on me. Stop being such How a whore, back, God. I know I said that I loved this outfit and I like it when you dress like this, but you're a whore. God, back. Okay, I also have another quick part. Um. Go. Jesus. Joe, he has such a fragile masculinity. Beck pays for them so they can leave faster and because he paid for the carriage and he's all, wow, Beck, you really had to go and do that? Now I'm definitely in the friend zone. Like, God, Beck, I feel so emasculated. Like, how am I the man? You didn't let me pay. Yeah, calm down. Shut up, Joe. Calm down, bro. He's Satan. 
I mean, personally, if I ever go out, I want the guy to pay, but that's just because I have no money. Yeah. <laughs> I have no money, so... It's like I'm all for feminism, but I have no money. It's yeah, just like with the draft. Yeah! Like, yeah, men and women, equality, yeah! Women have to do the same things as men, yeah! Oh, no, I don't want to go to war, no thank you. Yeah, that's literally me! It's like, do I want equality for women and men? Yes. Do I want to get drafted? No. Yeah, if we ever have a draft and I have to enter, your girl's going to Canada. Oh, yeah. No, I will leave. I might be going to Canada anyway, so. Yeah, I'll just come live with you. Please. You can set me up with a Canadian to have a green card marriage. <laughs> have fun with that. 90 Day Fiance, the Canadian edition. That would be so boring. Just like, where are you from? I'm from upstate New York, half an hour from the Canadian border. Where are you from? Canada. Oh, um, okay. Alright, I'm eating bread. Okay. Is it the bread that you have for Friday breakfast? Mm-hmm. Oh! It's half a loaf. I can eat Okay. Now. Can I talk about show and book back show now? Yeah. Okay. <sighs> so, in the show, which I've already expressed that I do really love, um, Joe is a lot, he's a lot more of a human, and... He's a lot less of a horrible person. Like, yes, he does commit the murders, which is horrible, and he does stalk her, but he doesn't completely objectify her, and he isn't completely focused on sex. Like, I feel like book Joe often is. Like, sure, in the book, I mean, he does want to, like, fall in love with Beck, but, like, in this point, he's so focused on the sex. Like, Joe, he does... In the show, he doesn't make as many creepy comments about her body and, like, all that and, like, sexual things and, like, he doesn't slut-shame her. Like, I mean, sure, like, a little bit. Like, in that one episode where he's like, Beck, why are you still going home with all these guys? But it's more in the- I don't know. It's like- It's not as bad as it is in the book. And in the book, he is literally so nonchalant about killing these people. He's just like, oop, Benji's dad, I murdered him. Oop, I just burned him. But in the show, he shows clear hesitation. Like, he does not want to kill Benji at all. And he, like, he doesn't want to burn his body. He doesn't want to have to deal with that. He's, he, like, I just feel like in the show, he's kind of more of a person who has been through trauma and has... A really screwed up life and had a really screwed up childhood and doesn't really have good morals but he tries to be good and like he is like trying to love Beck I'm not saying that excuses his actions at all it does not but he's a little more like like he's less of just a creep mm-hmm. like in the show he is creepy do not get me wrong masturbating to watching Beck finish herself off after having sex with Benji. Creepy. Before you've talked one time. Creepy. Do not get me wrong. He is a creep. But he is less of a creep than in the book. In the book, Joe is horrible. I think 
The reason they did that is because if they put in all of the comments Joe makes about Beck and everything that he says and everything he does and everything he wishes for and everything he fantasizes about, um, it would be rated like NC-17. Mm-hmm. Like, it would not, it would be completely, like, no. It's, I just feel like, I don't know, like, I just feel like in the show, I, actually, I don't like that about the show. Like, don't get me wrong, I like him better, like, as a person. You can empathize with him a little more. Um yeah. But, um... You don't get the same creep feeling. Like, you do get the... You do get a creep feeling. You do. But it's not as big as the one in the book because of the difference. And It's just that they, like, took the creep down a little. And also, I feel like in the, sh- in the show, his world is not as focused on Beck because, like, I mean, it certainly is. He definitely is, like, Beck. But he's also, like, helping Paco, and he's also, like, trying to, like, he cares about his bookstore, and he cares about Mooney, and, like, sure, he is very much focused on Beck, but in the book, the only thing we ever see him do is Beck. Like, we never see, he doesn't care about anything else. Yeah. He, neither show nor book Joe are good people. Yeah. As we have established. But he is definitely worth in the book. Yes, he is. By, like, a lot. A fair bit. A lot, a lot. He's also a lot more, like, misogynistic. Definitely. He views women as, like, objects completely. Yeah, I mean, just look at how, like, what he does with Beck. Yeah. As soon as she's, like, going off to do something else. And, like, yeah, it does suck that, like, the only reason their date is cut short is because Beck couldn't resist tweeting about it in the middle of their date. Like, yeah, that sucks. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. shitty, but that's not an excuse to call her a whore. I know, and he just gets so angry about everything she does. Like, I can't imagine, like, uh, like, if Beck, if she knew every single thing Joe had ever thought and had fantasized about and had done, she would be so repulsed. I hope so. Like, I mean, she learns that he's been stalking her, and she does learn what kind of a person that he is by the end of the book. Spoiler alert. But I don't really think she she truly understands the extent of what's been happening. And how much of this... Yeah. Everything he does with her is fake. There's nothing so real. Fake. All of his answers are completely calculated to what he thinks she wants to hear. He knows everything about her stuff he should not... She knows what she's telling her friends about him. She knows what she's doing. Like, everything is fake. Yeah. Like. (sighs) Also, like. Does Joe even like her? I don't know. Like, he seems to just complain about her, aside from talking about how sexy she is. He seems to just complain about how she can't resist tweeting and she can't, like, she always follows Peach. Like, but Joe, then why are you still, like, 
with why do you still why are you still focused on her yeah like what is it about her that you actually i guess i guess he's just holding in his head this idea of her being like different than everyone else and like the only reason she's behaving like this is other people are making her but like i don't know it just seems so twisted like in the show it does seem like joe really truly actually likes her and, like, he actually wants to be with her. But it feels like in the book it's more of, like, a game almost. And it's, like, how do I win her? And, like, how do I, like, calculate all this? Yeah. I guess it's just a little bit creepy. Okay. It's I'm gonna stop recording bad. because um, we're almost at an hour. Okay. And then I'll create a new segment. Okay? Okay, go. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just found something very cursed. What? An article called Inside the Extremely Vanilla World of Pete Buttigieg Fan Fiction. What? Why is that oh a thing? God. It's absolutely a thing, and I'm sending it to my friend Ben. Oh my god, that's horrifying. Why, is he voting for Pete? No, but we send each other bad fan fiction. That's horrifying, actually. We need to look up some bad you-based fan fiction. I tried and some of them actually looked at good! No. Okay, have we finished our rant with chapter 18? I have, yes. About how creepy and gross and horrible Joe is. And horny. And horny. Why do you let horniness end? Literally, I cannot express to you how horny he is in this chapter. Like, words do not do it justice how horny he is. You have to truly experience the chapter. (laughs) With him mentioning sex at literally every single sentence is a sex sentence. He's like, "Mm, yeah, Beck. like it? Yes, mommy. No. Yes. No. Okay. Chapter 19. Woo woo! <sighs> okay. God. I feel like so. we need to. We just need a moment to recover. Yeah. So, Joe, Joe and Beck are in the car on their way to Peaches um, to investigate the stolen chaise. Um, and he's all, like, passive-aggressive to Beck about whether or not he's mad. Um, so, they go in there and to Peach's house, and um, Peach doesn't want to talk to Joe at all. And Joe's like, oh, I should go investigate. So he goes into Peach's room. He takes his shoes and socks off. And then he, like, looks around her room. And he finds a box of photos of Beck. Um, and he determines that Peach is in love with Beck and obsessed with her. Um, and um, he takes pictures of all of them. And he comes into Peach's sports bra, um, which he then shoves down his boxers. Um, and then they start talking about who the stalker might be. And that's it. 
More horny Joe. He's so horny. Oh my god. Okay, but also, so first of all, he mentions that all the pictures are covered with um streaky layers of lady juice. I don't like that. Another thing I don't like is that one of them is from high school and uh -huh. he thinks she's maybe 17 and I'm like, okay, that's horrifying. Uh -huh. And he says, um, oh, also there's a picture of her having sex with a guy on a beach. Um, and Peach must have a very good camera because he can see her perky nipples. Um, and he talks about how he wants to have sex with every version of her. Everyone. And he mentions specifically the high school one where she has bangs. <laughs> Joe, what are you doing? You want to have sex with high school Beck, who's probably, he guesses that she's 17 or 18 in that picture. It's gross. But also, why does Peach have that? Uh, yeah, I really don't They're like both it. creepy for thinking the ambiguously, maybe a minor, maybe just barely not picture of her is sexy. I don't like Creepy! Creepy! I also don't like this whole idea of, like, Peach being, like, in love with Beck and, like, obsessed with her. Yeah, I think they're... I'm just not a fan. Yeah, just because it's so creepy. It's just, it's, it's weird. Also, what is so good about Beck? Yeah! Like, why, why can't Peach find, like, another lady to be obsessed with? Or just another lady to healthily date? She has to be obsessed with Beck. And then Joe's obsessed with Beck. What makes Beck so special? Why is Beck so amazing? I don't know. I could not tell you. I don't know, man. Because I don't... I mean, she's fine. Apparently she's incredibly sexy and she must have great tits and great lady <laughs> A great juices. Magnolia? A great magnolia. That's gonna be the title of this episode. A great magnolia. You know, that magnolia really pulls them in. Please entices, lures, Stop. gobbles them up like a fly trap. Ew. That was worse than anything I've ever heard. That wasn't coming from me. That was from Beck's Magnolia. That was you. No. Okay, so uh, moving on from the horny. Never. Oh, wow. Okay, then. No, sorry. Continue. I do. <laughs> Well, like how, like, so Joe asks, oh, Peach, like, do you, like, run every day on the same route and stuff? And, like, at face value, it definitely does sound like he's like, oh, Beck, let me help you figure out who's stalking your best friend. But obviously, it's Joe. <laughs> so this is him creating his murder plan. Yeah, Joe's the one who's been doing all this creepy stuff to her, like, breaking in. Sorry, not breaking in. He had a key. Yeah, um, he used a key. And this is him, like, doing all this creepy stuff, and then he's all like, oh, ho, 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 who's your stalker? Do you run every morning? Can I follow you? Can I find you that way? Is this how I will murder you? <laughs> <laughs> it's murder time, folks! 
what did I do to deserve this? You did nothing. Thank you. Wait, does that mean I'm just forced to deal with you for no reason? Yee! Oh, God. Um, do you have anything else about 19? Um, I don't. Okay. So, chapter 20. Joe has started running so that he can follow Peach on her morning runs. Um, he tells us a little about her running habits. Like how she blasts Elton John as she runs and doesn't use headphones and runs at like 4 a.m. Yep. Um, and after running for a couple weeks, I think that's like 2? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. He's able to finally like catch up to her. Creepy. And double tap, but he just yeah. figures she's dead. Stupid. He is stupid. Uh, so this chapter's really short. It is short. There's not much that happens other than the murder part. And running. Oh, but it's not actually a murder twist. Uh, Beck texts him and is like, oh, I'm at the hospital. And he's like, what? Why aren't you at the morgue? And she's like, oh, Peach got attacked. And he's like, oh, is she going to be okay? And then he's like, damn it. Double tap that. Oh, apparently Beck's mom met with Benji's mom. Yeah. This is where the Benji conflict no, is kind of... Wh- whose mom? Peach's. Peach's mom met with Benji's mom. Mm-hmm. So this is where the Benji thing is kind of... Because they still think that he's, like, off doing drugs and getting slammed. But pretty soon they're going to figure out that he is dead. Dead. Yeah. Once again. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have something else. Wait, no, continue. No. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, so just like he did with Benji, um, Joe is like, by killing Peach, I'm rescuing you. Joe. Yeah. Yikes. I'm saving you from this. Which, I mean, it's creepy and terrifying. And also, no, Joe. No. It's not how it works. But I do like that. Okay, can I, I say a like, thing? Story element. Yeah, go. Oh my god, this part was so funny. So, I guess Beck or the moms or whatever were talking about how Benji's sending lame tweets. And then Joe, he gets so offended that they said that. He's like, my Benji tweets are not lame, okay? They are dark and they are deep and they're like, they're, they're whatever. He's like, my Benji tweets are not lame, okay? Why are you insulting the tweets that I am tweeting from this dude that I murdered's phone, okay? God, how dare you? How dare? Yeah. That was so funny. Do you have anything else? Um. Oh, yes. It's a little weird. In the beginning, they're talking about Thanksgiving, and Beck is like, I'm going to live with Peach because it oh, gets yeah, very hard for her. For like a month. She's like, oh, just going to go live with Peach because it gets very hard for her when her family is around. What? 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 Also, I'm like for sure that Joe's exaggerate like... His way of speaking about Peach is very over-exaggerated. 
like his description of her and everything because it talks about how she's had a stalker before and like she has had a bunch of ex-boyfriends like if yeah. she's really all like hideous and like horrible and whiny and screechy that does, just doesn't make sense so I think it's cl in closer in reality that she is a horrible person but she's probably pretty hot too so yeah Joe just is unable to see any woman as hot other than his love honestly yeah yeah. Seems to be like that. Seems to be the case. I just... Ugh. Joe. Joe. He what a be man. Horny. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. <gasps> what a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty horny man. <laughs> What a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty creepy man. Yes! I said, what a mighty... What was that thing? We were watching you, and I came up with this really good parody. It was... It was like... Am I a man? Oh my god, yes! Wait, what was it? Am I a man? Or am I a creeper? Am I a creeper? Uh, if I'm a man, that means I'm a murderer of a man. A murderer of a man. If I'm a creeper, I'm a very horny creeper. A very horny creeper. He is. That's Joe's new theme song. Yes. Alright. Do you have anything else to say about our chapters? I don't think so. Okay, do you want to move on to Birdie's currently reading corner? Yeah. So, I'm really disappointed in myself. Did you not read anything? No, I ha I did read something, but I've just been super demotivated and just, like, sad, so I haven't read much. Um, but I did read, um, Want by Cindy Pond. Um... I actually finished that today. It was pretty good. It wasn't, like, fantastic. It was, like, a good read. Like, it was, like, four stars, which my, re my rating scale for things is, like, very different than others. Like, other people only give four stars to things they really enjoy, but I give four stars to, like, five stars is, like, this was amazing. I really enjoyed it. Four stars is, like, this was good, but it wasn't great. Three stars is, like, I did not like this. Two stars is, like, this is the worst book I've ever read, and I have never given anything one star. Actually, I, I might have, that might be a lie. I did give the Raven Boys two stars. How do you not read any, rate anything one star? Actually, I think there's one thing that I rated one star, but I don't remember what it was. Let me go see. Oh, my God. I've already I'm read ready. 16 books this year. Wow. I'm currently reading, like, a heck ton of books. So, I'm reading The Toll, kind of, not really. I'm reading You, obviously. I'm reading Pride and Prejudice. I'm reading, um, uh, and then I'm reading, uh, Dead Wake by Eric Larson for my, um, another one of my AP classes. It's kind of boring. Fun. Um. Oh yeah, I was gonna go check what what book I I had the. 
One star. One star. The I'm one. ready. One star. Who are you? Who are you? Okay. Oof, the yeah. hazel. Oh, I know what it was. Okay, wait. So the hazel wood, which I hated, I gave. I still gave it two stars. The 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 one book that I've given one star to in all my time. Ready for it? What? Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Oh my god. That's that's it. That's her. That's the one book. That is the one. Wow. That's what it is. Have I given anything one star? That's the only thing. I know I definitely had books that I hated. Ouch. But I don't know if I've ever officially rated anything one star on Goodreads. Oof, I rated the Elite two stars. Yeah, I didn't like that one at all. It was boring, Wait, nothing happened. That? Uh, the second book in the selection series... It was just kind of boring. Oof, I gave Uprooted three stars. I need to reread that. My average rating is 3.89 stars. Dang. Oh, yeah, I, I have rated two. Do you upload, like, everything into Goodreads? I don't know what my average rating is. Oh, yeah. Uh, I only know because... Wait, Emma, do you have a Goodreads reading challenge? Yeah. Cool. Thank you. My average rating is 4.57. Wow, you're too kind. I think I might be. Oh, I rated Luna one star. Oh, did you actually read that? Yes! Okay. <gasps> what a man. Because we were thinking about reading it for GSA, and then I read right. it and I was like, no. I also read, oh, I rated The Unremembered Girl one star because I couldn't finish it because it was really stupid and like it. I rated Aristotle and Dante Discover The Secrets of the Universe three stars. Ouch. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what I rated that one. I usually give stars, give uh, books three stars. I don't like to be mean Unless to them, I really like so. them. I give most books four stars. Like, four stars is, like, a basis. Like, if I read the book and I was like, okay, this was pretty good, but it wasn't amazing. Like, I don't close it and have to, like, take a breath. Then I give those books, like, five stars if I'm like, oh, my God. I should probably rate them after I finish reading them, like, a while, like, a couple days. Because usually after I finish reading them, I'm like, oh, my God, that was amazing. That was beautiful. Best book I've ever read. And then two days later, I'm like, ah. Maybe that was yeah, more four stars. I feel that. But um, I I three stars is reserved for books I really, like not really dislike, but like just weren't. I didn't I didn't like them. Are you gonna rate the Sarah J. Moss books one star? I don't know. It depends. Maybe I will really love them. I'm honestly a little afraid that you will. <laughs> Honestly, for me, A Court of Thorns and Roses appeals to me far more than Throne of Glass. Is that the fairy one? Mm-hmm. Mm. 
That one appeals to me more than Throne of Glass, just because, like, it just does. Well, we'll read both. We will, eventually. How many books are there are in the Throne of Glass series? Like seven? Six or seven. Ooh, we're having a fun time there! There's Throne of Glass, there's the Assassin's Blade, there's Tower of Dawn, there's Kingdom of Ash, Air of Fire, few others. I see them in my, I see them in my book groups, like, so often that I just know them at this point. Wow. Wow. I just know them. Shut up. From my book group. Shut up! You're being rude. Alright, do you have anything else? Nope. Alright. Thank you guys so much for no. listening. No! What are we reading? I was gonna say. Okay. Next week we're gonna be reading, what, 21 through 25? Yeah, let me take a look at where that puts us. Yeah, 25. Yeah, it'd be through 25, unless that's a weird spot. Okay, 21 through 25. Wait, let me see. That would be. Oh, when does the. I just realized something. Huh. Does the meeting with her dad not happen in the book at all? No, it doesn't. I just realized her that. Dad's dead in the book. In the book, he's actually dead. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because in the show, um, her dad isn't actually dead. He's just she made that up, and they go meet at the Charles Dickens Festival. So, yeah. Okay. Let's see. Through to 25. Oh, that's fun. Um, that's only from 190 to 226. So you want to read more? That's only 36 pages. So do you want to read more? I don't know. That might mess up things, but... Do you want to read more? I don't know. It's up to you. Why don't we start with that, and if we, if I read it and feel like it's not enough to talk about, we can read more. Okay. Although I usually don't read it until the day we record, so. Then let's just say we're going to do 20 through 26. Okay. Including okay, so 26? Week, we're going to read 20 through, chapters 20 through 26. They yeah, that so gives much. us 46 pages. Can I talk? No. Am I allowed to do the outro? No. Anyway, next week, tune in for chapters 20 through 26, which will hopefully be, wait, 21 through 26, which will hopefully be a whole lot less horny. Mm. But we can only hope. We can uh, only hope. Thank you guys for sticking through the terribleness. I say terribleness as in I am disturbed. Horniness. Deeply by Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Joe really wants to get so, that magnolia. He wants to put his stamen and her piston and pollinate that magnolia. I'm magnolia. so sorry. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review if you're enjoying the content. If you don't enjoy it, say nothing. Yeah. Or give us five stars anywhere. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all, please. Thank you. Um, My fragile ego can't take that. Please follow 
us on Instagram. Our account is booksandbiscuits underscore podcast. We post updates about upcoming episodes and general bookish posts that we don't cover on the podcast. So be sure to check that out and give us a follow. Thank you all so much, and we will talk to you next week. Yes. Goodbye. Farewell. Goodbye. Good night, listeners. Good night. Good night. Goodbye. 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 Good Lord. That's what's swell about spelling bees. I am floored at how last year's big cheese becomes this year's disaster. Do you get to sing that? No, that's, I don't get to sing that. Oh. Do you sing it all? No. Oh. Okay, I'm going to sing.